My name's Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. Hey, bloggers. Today, we are talking about something called sunk cost fallacy. And this is a very painful episode for me to record for you because I'm going to be admitting to you one of the biggest mistakes I have ever made in my blogging career. And it's a recent one. (laughs) So sit back. So a lot of us struggle with shiny object syndrome, which is something I talk about quite a bit because I hear that problem from most people. It's not really something that I struggle with. I mean, I've certainly chased a shiny penny or two, but there's another side of the coin, and that is this sunk cost fallacy. So let me explain. Have you ever stayed at a really bad movie because you paid for it? Or started reading a book that was kind of a yawner, but you have, you know, you were already into it a third or a half of the way and you just needed to finish so that you could say that you finished. Well, that is what sunk cost fallacy is all about. It's also called um, commitment bias sometimes when we're committing to, uh, making a commitment to something with a biased perspective. So it's when the costs of the decision really outweigh the benefits, but instead of walking away, we double down on the bad decision. So let me give you my example. Despite all my evidence and knowledge that niching down is vital to being a successful blogger. I started a new blog that wasn't a niche site. And I invested a lot of time and money and energy into this general travel blog. And as I was doing it, I noticed it wasn't growing as fast as I really expected it to, but uh, I kept it going. And now when I look back, it's both humbling and also humiliating <laughs> and sad at, because I lost time and money when I knew better. I saw a lot of other people, people I was friends with, people whose blogs I knew intimately, really winning with this strategy. So I was like, well, surely I can do this too. And it did do well for a little bit. It got up to, I want to say, not at, but near 150,000 page visits a month. But by Q2 of this year, it took a hit, which isn't surprising because I hadn't built the uh, necessary, really in-depth topic clusters that are key or or, um, signature of a niche site. So we did a huge audit and a lot of the content went over to the Atlanta site because I really stretched the definition of what Southeast means. Some of them became unindexed. Some of them are still out there and clinging on to life. But 
here's the lesson. And hopefully, hopefully your mistakes are not as public or as costly as mine. Um, but there were clues all along the way that it was time for me to reevaluate this. I mean, all along the way. And I was too stubborn, too hard-headed to really listen um, to those. So I'm hoping if I share these seven signs that I saw, um, that if in anything, any project that you have going on, whether it's big and costly as mine or even smaller, that you will use this as a sign from the universe to really listen and evaluate what you're working on. So here, here are the signs that um, I wish somebody had talked to me about a couple of years ago. First of all, don't ignore your own advice. If you know from your own experience or from the experience of other trusted people around you that there is a right decision, don't defy it. Usually when we do, it's our ego. So I, I mean, this was definitely an ego thing for me. I was like, well, I've done it here. Why can't I do it there? Other people are doing it there. And the fact is, it just wasn't the right decision. It should have been niched down. So don't ignore your own advice or your own um, understanding of what's right and wrong, especially um, don't let your ego make those decisions for you. Number two, don't ignore evidence that there's a better way to do something. So I had a little bit of evidence along the way. Some people would be like, well, 150,000 page views is a lot lot of page views. And yeah, I mean, it's nothing to be sad about, but it's definitely not where that content should have been considering the number of posts that were out there and the amount of time that, that they were up. Um, so while those numbers might sound good on the surface, when I look at what it took to get there, that should have been evidence to me that there was a better way to do things, or I should have taken, made a different decision. Number three, um, I was justifying my decision and my continued decision, my continued double downing of a bad decision based on what I had already invested instead of what the outcome should be. So if you ever find when you're trying to make a decision about whether you should continue on a certain path, make sure that you're making that decision or you're continuing because of what you expect the outcome to be, that realistically what the outcome should be. And if you find yourself saying, well, I've already put this much into it, then maybe that's an indicator that you're, you're living a, in commitment bias or sunk cost fallacy. Especially, and this is number four, if you're really reluctant to make the mistake or to, I should say, to admit the mistake. It was a very difficult decision for me to say, you know, to, it was very hard to say to my family, look, I made a mistake. I made a mistake in how I was investing my time, investing our money. Um, I made the wrong decision. And like I said, it's humiliating and humbling. It's hard. It is really hard to admit that. God, it's painful recording this. <laughs> um, but if you're finding that 
you know in your heart that you've made the mistake and you're just having, being really reluctant to verbalize it, then that's an indication to step back. You don't have to necessarily stop forever, but maybe stop for a moment just to gather your thoughts and think more clearly. The next one is um, if what you are doing is um, making peer comparisons. So peer comparisons are really, um, especially if there's a clear indication that what you're making, the choices you're making are not, are not good ones because you're justifying it based on what other people are doing. That's what I was doing. Well, other people have been successful. Well, you know, successful is a really loosely defined word, right? My success is defined differently than somebody else's success and vice versa. So, you know, don't do something just because you hear somebody else is doing really well at it. Well, what does really well really mean? And does that live up to your standards? And is that, you know, especially when you know, again, I've seen anecdotally how important niche sites are. Um, I Why was I ignoring that? Only ignoring that because of what I thought my peers were doing correctly, as opposed to what I knew deep down inside the right answer was. The next one is, um, be weary or wary if you, um, are assigning an emotional attachment to that decision. This is a business and there's, you know, there's definitely a reason to have, um, or if you, if you do have that emotional attachment, it really should be to the people that you're serving and not to the projects that you're working on because projects are just projects and people are real. And if you, so if you want some emotional attachment, attach it to the people that you're serving, not to those projects. And a lot of times what happens when we're making a poor decision in we, if we find ourselves putting emotional attachment on that, then we begin to see it as a personal failure. I know that that's absolutely what happened to me. I saw this, and and to be honest, I still struggle with seeing this as a personal failure instead of just a lesson that was learned. It could have been a lesson a lot sooner if I hadn't assigned that bit of emotional attachment to it. And then the other thing is just, if you're being, if you're, if you're just afraid of stopping because you don't want to waste the time and effort that you've put into it, again, it's very much like what we talked about earlier, justifying something based on the investment as opposed to the outcome, then you need to evaluate what you're working on also. I mean, I am no spring chicken. So every year that goes by, every dollar I invest now is... um is much more precious than, uh, feels more precious than it did, you know, when I was in my twenties or, or early thirties and every dollar now is a dollar that doesn't go towards retirement. So, um, I just kept thinking if I kept working harder or longer or put more, um, mental energy into it, that, um, it was going to produce a different outcome because it was just so afraid of wasting the time and effort that had already taken from me. So again, I'm hoping, hoping nobody out there is having as public or as costly a mistake as mine. Um, but 
even I want you to think about these things, even if it's a really small project, because when we can learn to make these adjustments on the small projects, then it becomes easier to make them on the larger projects. It becomes, um, you, you get more adept at reeling yourself in quicker. If this is something that you struggle with at all. So regardless, my challenge for you today is to just really evaluate what you're working on and make sure that it's hundred percent right for you. A, make sure that you're not chasing shiny pennies, but B, make sure that, uh, you don't have a, um, bias toward the commitment that you're always, always, regardless of what you're working on, looking at the project from uh, the outcome perspective, that you're understanding what the opportunity costs are for those uh, projects that you're putting on your to-do list, for the things that you're spending your time and energy on, and um, that you're not letting your ego get in the way, you're not becoming emotionally attached to it. I mean, all of these things are the same ways that we would evaluate um, a, sunken fa- a sunken cost fallacy or chasing shiny new pennies. And it's it's a not easy to find that balance because we definitely want to take risks because with risk comes reward, but we want to uh, balance it with some clarity of thought and and focus on outcome and understanding of what we're giving up when we go and chase that that new thing or assign um, a higher priority to that potential project. So just working really diligently every day and and at the very least every week, um, looking at each one of the tasks that we have before us um, to make sure that it's getting the right amount of attention from us. So hopefully my pitiful little story um, will help some of you out there. And if you uh, haven't already joined the Facebook group, come on board, join the free Facebook group. The link is in the comments below and let me know what you're struggling with. Is it shiny object syndrome or is it sunk cost fallacy? Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.